0: Bill's in love with Margot Channing. He's fought with her, worked with her, and loved her. But ten years from now, Margot Channing will have ceased to exist. And what's left will be... What? Margot, Bill is all of eight years younger than you. And those years stretch as the years go on. I've seen it happen too often. Not to you, not to Bill. Isn't that what they always say? I don't suppose the heater runs if the motor doesn't. It's Silly, isn't it? You'd think they'd fix it so people could just sit in a car and keep warm. About Eve. I've acted pretty disgracefully toward her, too. Well... Mm, don't fumble for excuses. Not here and now with my hair down. At best, let's say I've been oversensitive to her. Well, to the fact that she's so young, so feminine and so helpless, to so many things I want to be for Bill. Honey business, a woman's career. The things you drop on your way up the ladder so you can move faster. You forget you'll need them again when you get back to being a woman. It's one career all females have in common, whether we like it or not. Being a woman. Sooner or later, we've got to work at it no matter how many other careers we've had or wanted. And in the last analysis, nothing's any good unless you can look up just before dinner or turn around in bed, and there he is. Without that, you're not a woman. You're something with a French provincial office or a a book full of clippings. But you're not a woman.
1: Low curtain the end. Hello and good evening. Welcome to the Doctor Zeus film podcast. Tonight, since we're saluting, then I have to salute this woman. Not only because it's her birthday, but she's a fucking icon. And I have to say that, and I apologize if you don't like me saying that word, but we got to say that about this woman, because she loved that word. She didn't say it on screen, because she came up during the studio system. You probably, well, you don't know her by this name, Ruth Elizabeth Davis, born April 5th, 1908, in Lowell, Massachusetts died october 6, 1989, none other than betty davis, an american icon, one of the best. she won two academy awards. didn't and and that that first academy award she won was really a, a shame on you academy. they failed to give it to her for of human bondage. of human bondage. Was that moment that you realized Betty Davis was not the like the rest of the hens in the hen house? No, no. She was strutting out there looking. I mean, if you've ever seen of human bondage, she was the first actress to make herself look like shit. Most actresses of that day wanted to be glamorous. They would lose their little pretty heads if they were not glamorous. If they were not the center of attention, singing a song. And here's Betty Davis. She recognizes early on she is not the typical Hollywood beauty. And she uses that to her advantage. Of course, I love, you know, her favorite line from any movie she's ever done. I'd love to stay and kiss you, but I just wash my hair. Isn't that funny? For me, though, it's, it's. You know a lot of it is whatever happened to Baby Jane and I'm gonna put some clips In throughout the show A lot of all about Eve Hush hush sweet Charlotte You know hush hush sweet Charlotte really was Gonna be whatever happened to baby Jane part Two but Joan Crawford but we're not gonna talk about Joan Yeah They had a rivalry But Betty Davis Is her own woman She's her own woman they've often said that winning those two Oscars kind of made her the Queen Bee of Hollywood. She won the first one for Dangerous, which was really called We Should Have Given It To You for Of Human Bondage. And then the next Oscar was for Jezebel, was also because she didn't get the part of Scarlett O'Hara in Gone With The Wind, so they gave it to her for playing a, a, a Southern Belle. She loved doing the Southern accents, this is this is a really great interview that Betty Davis did in 1971, I believe, with Dick Cavett. And they opened
2: the door, and I walked past barricades of 20, and 30, and yes. 40 screaming, you know, yes. dozens of screaming people pressing at me and being yes. pushed back, and flesh bulbs popping. And what's <laughs> it, you know?
0: This, of course, must make many people wish they could do it. Uh, if you ever, if you ever got blasé enough not to be thrilled. I say a reception like this tonight, or people outside uh, uh, who, who care about you, if you ever get bored of blasé about that, uh, it's, it's shocking, because these are the rewards, of course they're the rewards, but you know, in my case, uh, 30, 71, this is 41 years I've been in this business,
1: Wow. Now, you know, I don't
0: know why I'm still alive, but somehow it keeps on going. I feel I should be dead. It's been so long. <laughs> That's a very like, modest thing. Before, to say. Now, this, imagine, 41 years I've been in, in, in this, this business. And of course, it's rewarding that people still know you. My good fortune to be known by the young people today is the late television. See, I have had two careers. All, all the kids today would never know anything about people in my era without late television. You realize that. It's That's right.
2: And more people yeah, know and you from you, that. And we all were
0: you? furious about the residuals we should have gotten our residuals but in a way this is a bigger reward. You know. So naturally it is a thrill. But that is not what the real thrill is, which I would say to any young person. The limousines and all the crowds you really sweat for for about 15 years. And you've got to love the actual sweat. More than the lights and the glamour and the whole thing. This you must love the most. The other will follow. And then you just thank God that you made it. You know. So, but I can understand it. The greatest thing about having made it in movies is when you travel. It is, Dietrich said this once and she's so right. It's just heaven. Or going to restaurants. They'll shove people out or anything. (laughs) two seats on a plane and you have gotta have them, you get them. You know, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. And I often get very guilty about this and think, oh, I hope I never meet the poor person that was told he couldn't have seats for this. But the traveling thing is absolutely marvelous. People, for instance, way off in Scotland, the way people took care of me, you know, cared about me. When we arrived in Glasgow, uh, of course, you knew my career started by the fans that were there. There wasn't a anything but a white hair in the bunch but these beautiful Scotch women who who were really crying they never thought in their lives and they'd known me 40 years they really felt they knew me thought in their lives to see me you know they all brought the little bunches of Heather it was really this is part of the reward but boy you don't get that for a long long time and that must never be your motive Uh see that can't be the motive because that isn't what you want the most You, you want to get on that stage and work very, yeah. very well said
1: And I am Putting that on the show tonight Because you know a lot of people Now and even back then Thought oh I want the fame now I want the The limousines now I want to be loved damn it And Betty Davis is like <laughs> You know how long that takes you 15 to 20 years and she'd been in the business at that moment for 41 years and still was getting disrespect still having to fight for good parts I mean at that point she was in her 60s Betty Davis had talked openly about when she turned 40 that was it even when she was younger, she had to fight for those good parts, those juicy parts. And Ellen Burston, who got to have lunch once with Betty Davis, she said she gave her some really good advice. First of all, she couldn't she couldn't believe how tiny Betty Davis was because on screen she looked gigantic, but that's the screen, probably because of the personality and the character she was playing. And she says to Ellen Burstyn, she says, my advice to you, dear, at the beginning of an illustrious career is to realize that not everyone is your friend. Whoa. And she said, you know how you can spot your enemies? Anyone who gets in the way of your work. Betty Davis lived for her. She was working up until the day she died. That's that a lot of the actresses of that time bowed out but betty davis she was dying of cancer she was 81 years old she she just refused she refused to give up it 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 was it was not in her to see her talk about living through that stroke that she had and all the piss and vinegar that was within this amazing actress. My grandmother loved her. Everyone that I've ever talked to from all the different generations loved Betty Davis. Even when you say her name. And you're not just thinking of that song, of course, Betty Davis Eyes, Kim Carnes, which Betty Davis loved. Joan Crawford didn't have a song about her. She's even mentioned in Madonna's Vogue. Although, Sonic Youth did give Joan Crawford Mildred Pierce songs so let's go there but Betty Davis you know she's she did so many great roles oh my goodness so many whatever happened to Baby Jane is such a crazy escalator ride and I mean, there's so many. My favorite is the film The Star. Where she's this actress. And she's down on her luck. She's been arrested. She's living off. I mean, she is selling everything. And they want to sell the Oscar. And she's not having it. And there's a really great moment where... Well, if I play it. Here we go. It it involves... First of all, I've never seen an actress do this. She had so many great moments. There are so many sound bites of Betty Davis that I love. Here we go. This is this is such a great Here we go.
0: Come on, Oscar. Let you and me get drunk.
1: And she does. She is driving around with the Oscar, her real Oscar, on the hood of the car. And and is drinking. This is from 1952. It's called The Star. It's with Betty Davis and Sterling Hayden. She is Margaret Elliot. She even at one point works at a beauty counter. And the women are like, oh, that can't be Margaret Elliot. And so she dishes it. She dishes. That was the beauty of Betty Davis, okay? People were scared shitless of her. Even at Warner Brothers. And she she even intimidated Humphrey Bogart. They worked together in Dark Victory. You know, Barbara uh, Dark Victory, she has said Is one of those films? I mean, she she had so many different films that she loved. Here's the this is the department store scene. This is epic. We've all seen All About Eve, but the star. Oh my God! Oh dear, I used
0: to be able to wear things like this. Let's take a little vow to lose 10 pounds by Labor Day. If we could do it together. Misery loves company.
2: Uh, Miss?
0: Yes, madam. How much is this negligee? 39.95, isn't it lovely? Uh, uh, let me see that. The black one? Please. Yes, madam. Well, what in the world do you want with that? <laughs> That's Margaret Elliott. Oh, it couldn't be. She's in jail. No, some mystery man got her out. I read all about it. Well, if it is Margaret Elliot, I think it's a disgrace for a respectable store like this to hire a jailbird. It's Margaret Elliot, all right. You can't fool me. She was my favorite movie star. Oh, I can't believe it. Besides, Margaret was much better looking than her. Take a good look, ladies. So there's no doubt. It is Margaret Elliot, and it is a disgrace. Margaret Elliot waiting on a couple of old bags like you. You can't talk to us this way. I'll call the manager. Call the manager. Call the president. Call the fire department. I won't be here. Going back where I belong. I am Margaret Elliot, and I intend to stay Margaret Elliot. Well,
1: See? Nobody has those moments where she's like, fuck it. I'm gonna rise above this shit, and she does, and that's the beauty of she knew she was a star. she never stopped being a star there's all there's always kind of a and I know Betty Davis would often say no, there was always a little bit of an autobiographical thing to moments like that with Betty Davis. You know, her her last film for Warner Brothers, she said at Warner Brothers she felt both screwed over and used at the same time. Even though she said later on her and Jack Warner had a very smashing relationship. But, you know, there was that moment where she went to England to try to do movies and Warner Brothers sued her. This was before the de Havilland Law and she talks about that in her Dick Cavett interview. Her last film for Warner Brothers was Beyond the Forest. Was it Beyond the Forest? I think it was. Where she says that famous line that Elizabeth Taylor later bumped up in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf.
0: I got back. How's your foot? Five.
1: What a dump. What a dump. Now, Betty Davis was asked years later about that, and she says, well, you know, that comes from Edward Albee, where he pumped it up. What a dump. At her last appearance in October of 1989, before she died, I think she was receiving an award in France. That's where she died. She got up, Lit that cigarette. By that point she was smoking a different kind of cigarette because of the cancer she had. She looks around and goes, What a dump. She knew her audience. Her audience loved her. And I've I've said this oftentimes there are sound bites that Betty Davis has said that are forever in, in the cinema lexicon. Now, all about Eve and whatever happened to baby Jane brought her back. But back from what? You know, she she continued working. She at one point put out an ad in one of the Hollywood papers saying, Divorce mother, Oscar winner, seeking work. She had the cojones. To do that. Now, all about Eve. All about Eve. I'm gonna leave. I'm. I'm gonna do a little bit of it, but this, of course, is the iconic moment. The kid,
0: the junior that is, will be down in a minute unless you'd like to take her drink up to her.
2: I can get a fresh one. (laughs) Karen, you're a Gibson girl. Thank you. The general atmosphere is very Macbethish. What has or is about to happen?
0: What is he talking about? Macbeth. We know you. We've seen you like this before. Is it over or is it just beginning? <laughs> Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night.
1: That is the line. That is the moment... Oh, my God. And then when you become a teenager, as did I, and you discover Miss Betty Davis. And you discover first through whatever happened to baby, whatever happened to baby Jane and hush, hush, sweet Charlotte really took Betty Davis where she embraced she embraced getting older. That's not easy for an actress of her caliber to do. And, ah, this is such a good, good moment.
0: you're not gonna sell this house daddy bought this house and he bought it for me you don't think I remember that do you you're wrong Jane you've just forgotten I bought this house for the two of us and I signed my first contract you don't think I remember anything do you there are a whole lot of things I remember and you never paid for this house baby jane hudson made the money that paid for this house that's who you don't know what you're saying blanche you aren't ever gonna sell this house and you aren't ever gonna leave it either
1: See she had a lifetime of film 200 years maybe and in the 1942 Betty Davis those lines of course and just think it won't be for this time only will you be happy Charlotte? and if i can find it here we go sometimes
0: come here whenever you like it's your home too there are people here who love you
2: and look at you and tina share with you peace and contentment of
0: course and just think it won't be for this time only that is if you will help me keep what we have if we both try hard to to protect that little strip of territory that's ours
2: can talk about your child our child thank you and will you be happy
0: charlotte oh jerry don't let us ask for the
1: moon we have the stars yes i'm playing the music but if they come after me it's been for a good cause betty davis Ah, <sighs> what a, there's so much to be said about Betty Davis. There's so many movies. I've, I've seen almost all of them. And each one that I see, there's always something special. Within the context of them, the character that she's playing. It's always her. It's always, she, she goes for that part. Here's Jezebel.
2: Julie! Open this door!
0: Scandalized at you. Well, did you come up here just to stand there, Julie? How long must we go on like this? Like what, Frank? Fussing all the time like a couple of children. Why do you treat me like a child? Because like? you act like one, a spoiled one. Used to say you liked me like that once. You never wanted me to change. Remember? This
1: bedroom. Now you'll have to marry me And see when she delivers it She delivers it Betty Davis Never forgot where she came from She saw herself as this Yankee woman From Lowell, Massachusetts And found her way All the way to Hollywood Dying in France in 1989 Of breast cancer Leaving this Lasting Legacy And in 1999 The American Film Institute And I've talked about them many times On this podcast Did this wonderful list A controversial list to some Called 100 Years 100 Stars Betty Davis was the number two Female screen legend of the 20th century, with Katherine Hepburn being number one. But I think everyone in that is number one. And I'm and I'm sure Betty Davis would have taken taken pride knowing that she was a lot higher than Joan Crawford. Probably because Betty Davis just kept going. Many actresses of that era faded away. Betty Davis was working until the day she died at the age of 81. She wouldn't back down. She didn't let cancer. She didn't let a stroke deter her through therapy, through just fighting. She had that fight in her. And some have said as she got older, she got She got tougher. She was tough when she was young, but they said, because she looked, people would say she looked so frail, and yet they couldn't believe how feisty she was, because I think she had realized, this is it. I remember Barbara Walters interviewed her right after her stroke, and she said, you still smoke, don't you? And Betty Davis says, yes. But I smoke a different kind of cigarette I did concede that And how the audience Wouldn't know her if she were smoking On screen Because that's how long they knew Betty Davis From the time In the 1930s To at that moment in the 1980s Before her death Lighting up a, a cigarette You just heard a clip from Now Voyager where she's sharing cigarettes and she says, oh, Johnny, let's not ask for the moon. We have the stars. Yeah. There isn't a dry eye in the house with that or a dry cigarette for that matter. It's always lit. It's always Betty Davis. (sighs) Many trials and tribulations. Nominated for 10 Academy Awards was so pissed that she lost for whatever happened to Baby Jane and the fact that Joan Crawford got the Oscar for the winner and Bancroft. But you know, Betty Davis had two. Joan had one. So we'll stir the pot a little bit right there. And I will leave you tonight with some clips from the beginning and end of this podcast with the woman herself. Betty Davis, born April 5th, 1908 in Lowell, Massachusetts. If you want to look back upon the actresses who really did it for the work, she didn't do it for the glamour, and she was glamorous in many films, but she did it for the work. She wanted you to see her play these women who were just riddled with guilt these women who i mean she made herself look ragged and what of human bondage people people were stunned by that she died at the age of 81 october 6 1989 many marriages many children but she had said once to mike wallace For her, it was about the work. It was always about the work. She'd had a very lonely life, she says, but the work always kept her going. More than the marriages, more than the friendships, it was about her work. She did a really beautiful television movie (laughs) with the effervescent Jenna Rollins. Jenna Rollins loved Betty Davis. And they did a TV movie together called Strangers. Where I believe Jenna Rollins' character, her daughter, is dying. And Betty Davis is... She's come home to be with her mother. And her mother and her have a very tempestuous relationship. Now, years later, Jenna Rowland's got an honorary Oscar. Should have got... Should have got the... Uh, a, you know, uh, not so much the honorary. The honorary, yeah, that's great. And I love Jenna Rollins. But should have gotten a competitive competitive one. And she talked about Betty Davis when they were doing Strangers. And she said something interesting. If I can find it. She loved Betty Davis. She looked up to Betty Davis. And her speech about I mean that really to say that about her if I can find it.
2: And I was th- thrilled to death when when I heard that she was cast. Here we go. And one day we were finished with the day's work and we went down to to see the dailies. That the the film that we shot the day before. And we went to the screening room and they turned off the lights and they started the film and I sat there like all actors do at the dailies, watching myself. I saying if I if I did that too slowly or if I I didn't know or it quite right or if it was if it was okay. And it did it did seem okay that day. So I was very happy. And the lights went on and I started to gather my stuff to leave and I I looked over and way in the far aisle was Betty and the cameraman. And they were too far away for me to hear what they were saying, but their body language was eloquent. Betty was... (laughs) And the cameraman was... And since I I was still, you know, I was so far away, I couldn't understand what they were saying. But I decided that this might be a good time for me to leave. And as I started for the door, Betty called out, Jenna. She said, would you wait just a moment, please? I need to talk to you and I said, sure and she walked over to me her eyes were were still just blazing and she said did you see my lips? (laughs) I thought she was kidding so I said no, did you lose them? She said that isn't funny. I mean my lips on the film that we just saw. They were bright orange and unnatural orange. And that's his fault because he's the cameraman and he has to say so about what colors are on the screen. So I think we ought to get rid of him, don't you? I said, well, Betty, to tell you the truth, I, I wasn't paying strict attention. I I wasn't noticing the details, you know, of the colors at all, and I I I just let my mind wander, I guess. And she said, Oh really? You weren't concentrating? You let your mind wander? Let me tell you something. You better start concentrating and paying attention to the detail because I'm telling you, you're no spring chicken yourself. It was so funny. We had a great time. Well, I don't want to talk your heads
1: off. That was Jenna Rollins in 2015 receiving her honorary Oscar talking about the legendary Betty Davis in a TV film they did together. And so, Betty Davis, thank you. As always, unpleasant dreams, but without saying what a dump.